Welcome to the Drama Free Living Podcast. I'm Dennis McEntee here with my best friend, lovely wife, Lisa. Hi, everyone. Okay, here we are. So, Lisa, we're continuing to go back through the book and kind of give people a deep dive. The Drama Free Teens book. The Drama Free Teens. Qualities of Drama Free Teens, yeah. written by our very own Dennis McEntee. Yeah, of course. And team. And team. You know, let's include that. And, you know, part of, you know, people always want us to kind of do some deep dives into some of the content. And so we're just going to take another chapter and let's just kind of talk about a deep dive. Now, here's an interesting thought that's kind of provocative is that people don't do things to intentionally hurt you. They simply act in a way to get their needs met. Which I think like when you have that mindset, it helps you stay out of maybe your own personal drama that I think sometimes leaders and people can go into. Right, because very, it does not happen very often that someone says, I'm going to do what I can to completely thwart the process of what's going on with the people in my life. Even though sometimes we may feel that way. And sometimes I honestly feel that way about Dennis. I'm like, never. gosh darn. But really, realistically, there are very few people that are just out to get you. Well, and you notice we didn't say it didn't hurt you, right? We didn't say people, you know, when people do things, we didn't say it didn't hurt you. Right. But I don't think they don't do it intentionally. In the back of their head, they're just trying to get some needs met. And I think when we understand that, while we can't control other people, we got to own our stuff. we got to own, like you were saying just a minute ago, your own triggers. We talked a little bit off the air about just owning your own triggers, but just stepping back and going, okay, how can I best respond to this behavior that's just been given to me? Right, because you can't control someone's actions towards you, but you can control your response toward them. So Dennis may choose to sit down and read a book and not say something on, hey, I'm just going to go read a book and I'm not sure what's going on. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, what just happened? I thought we were going to go watch a movie. This is real life here, folks, real life. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. But so that's his action toward me. And I can have a response of, well, he's just ignoring me. He just is doing his thing, he doesn't want to spend time with me, or I can be, wait a minute, what is my response to this? In reality, he's typically sitting down reading a book, just waiting to get, for me to get done with whatever I'm doing. And a friend of mine told me last night that someone had told, I think a, a counselor had told her that the statement, I am responsible for my own triggers. And so what that means is, is if you do something and it triggers me because of something that's happened in my past, is it the person's responsibility to change their behavior or is it my responsibility to recognize what that trigger was and um, put a new definition to it or, or recognize it or work on it and go through the process of no longer allowing that trigger to um, trigger me. Well, isn't it that at the core of like responsibility, right? Yes. It's the ability to respond, not to react and be triggered, but you actually have this ability, this ownership, this control that like I can control my response. I have the ability to control my response no matter how you treat me, no matter how you act towards me. I have the ability to control my response. Well, well I can't control what's happening to me or like what's coming at me. I can totally control my response. It's almost like what we've been through 
um, through the pandemic that we've walked through right. in 2020, right? We couldn't control it. Right. But we can control our response in it. You know, my, my sister told me, and this is probably, it was probably out on social media somewhere, but the pandemic, there were three responses and people either became a chunk, a hunk, or a drunk. And I thought, you know, that's pretty accurate because... I think I went through a segment of time. I was like, okay, I'm going to be a chunk. And then I was like, no, I'm going to be a hunk. No, I'm going to be a drunk. And, I, and everyone I've talked to, and then, you know, but then also there's the, okay, I'm just going to work on processing through this pandemic and what's going on to me in a healthy way. And, you know, that really all comes down to self-awareness, which we've talked about so much. So we, we, and it's kind of a core yeah. in a lot of our teaching and all of our coaching. So, so let's bring it back to teams and workplace and culture, because I think what happens is that, you know, we typically like hire people for what they know. We're, we're onboarding them, but then we have to release them and free their future for sort of like who they are. And I, I think part of this whole idea of, you know, getting needs met and understanding people is, do they really fit? Right. It's, it, that's a big part. I mean, even like the best sports teams, you know, they, they have this good fit and it's almost like, I think we have to step back as we're talking to people and ask like, okay, does this person even fit in my culture? Right. And so um, our, most of our kids played soccer. They played soccer at pretty high levels. And it was always a matter of, okay, yes, you had to have a certain skill set to be able to make the team, but it was how well do those individual players work together? What is the synergy that they have with each other to be able to work as a team and to be the most effective and what and based on what position they were in also. And so coaches would typically fit a couple of these guys together and just see how well they flow. And then, you know, and take that time to move them around. But also that synergy is involved in how long that group of players was together. So if we played a team that had been together for a very, very long time, their synergy was stronger because they had been together, they had worked out the kinks. Or you have um, players that were pretty fresh and they maybe didn't know each other, but they had a synergy. And it's very interesting because our boys love to play FIFA. They love to put teams together. And based on FIFA and who you put together, you get these their synergy points or how well these They're not PlayStation. PlayStation, games. yeah, FIFA. Not not FIFA as in we're talking fantasy right here. Right. And so but they would try to get players from the same countries, as many players from the same countries on their FIFA PlayStation game team because that would increase their synergy. Well the whole point with that was they they had the same cultural fit. And so we have the same thing within our TAMP families, within our teams, within our workplaces, is the cultural fit that we have and the, the longevity that we have also increases our cultural fit. Yeah, it's almost like, I mean, culture is sort of based on like mindsets, right? It's sort of everything that, it's like the things that you can't see. Like we can see behavior, we can hear words, but I can't see, you know, some of your core beliefs and I can't see your core needs and I can't see your mindset. So it really becomes 
this culture is like a collection of mindsets. It's how we as a team believe. It's like how we get our needs met. And almost like, you know, are, are we are we on the same page or are we speaking the, the same language? And that's really interesting. Um, a lot of companies have started to do culture interviews now before they um, onboard new employees, before they even hire them. Um, one of our sons has been involved in quite a few um, culture interviews. Um, so you have these, all of these people, these pr prospective employees that they are trying to get this, win this position and they have the skill set. And so it's not a question of their skill set. They weed out those that don't have the skill set. And then, then companies are going through and saying, Hey, sit down together, you know, let, go have a beer together with a couple of these people and just see how the how see how that synergy see how that interaction is see how it feels it's not that anyone is judging anyone based on their belief structure it's that they are trying to see hey how well do we click are we going to have to work really hard to click or can we just kind of click right away because that determines the speed because your speed of your pack determines how fast you go together isn't that true? That's what we found like in our mastermind groups, right? right. So it's why we do mastermind groups Yes, is because the speed of the pack, the group that you run with really determines your speed. And maybe you're not running as fast as you'd like, but you get around people that are running faster around a bigger team, maybe a faster team. And all of a sudden your speed starts to pick up. Shameless plug. If you need a mastermind, let us know. We can, we can hook you up because we have really seen amazing results and amazing increase of speed with those that have been involved in a mastermind with us. And we've seen results just in our own lives yes. just as we've been a part of groups and uh -huh. coaching. And so we, we, we drink our own Kool-Aid. Absolutely. Right. So yeah, it's important. So I think kind of the question is, is like, as we're talking about this and looking at team members is, does this person fit in our culture, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's really sort of the question. And as you think about teams, there are really sort of four lenses that people view the world for different mindsets at times, four different ways that people behave and four different ways that they're motivated. Right. So why don't, why don't we go through some of these? Mm -hmm. Because I, I think what happens, Lisa, is that we've seen is that when people don't know how to get these needs met, like in a healthy way. Right. Right. It, they go into drama. It's almost like drama is this tragic expression of an unmet need. Right. I mean, they have it. It's not good or bad. It's just a need. It's a driver. It's a motivator. It's a lens. It's a mindset, whatever we, that we want to use. So it's there. God has put it on the inside of them. But the question is, is can you get it met in a healthy way? And some of those needs that are in their lives could be um, also unhealthy needs. And they could be because of previous wounds or previous negative things that have happened and those but they still need to get met in an in a healthy way um they also need to just you need to work through and be able to process through and be able to heal from those too so but whatever the need is whatever the root of the need is whether it stems from how you are and how you're created and just your natural bend or if it's something as a result of your past either way you have to have it met in a healthy way. Yeah, absolutely. So, so before, I feel like we're opening up Pandora's box. Right? We are. Yeah, let's get back on 
<laughs> really? It happens. I haven't seen that. Right. Well, we, we've never seen it. So, it, but, but that's not the only driver, right? We have other people on, on your team and in your life that they're really more driven by respect and re um, recognition. And this is almost the opposite. This is almost the opposite of the forward and direct personality. Yeah, because it's almost like people that can be so direct like to people that are really high in respect and recognition, they can almost feel disrespected. It's like, you're so direct that you don't even respect me. You don't even recognize me. You're and the, over me. And the directness, sometimes um, there is a lack of appreciation because they're so direct. And that really hurts those that need that recognition and they just need to know, hey, good job. You know, what I love about these people is that they, they're typically like specialists, right? They're good at certain things and they can take these projects through to completion. Like sometimes they don't mind doing the same thing every day and it doesn't bore them and they can just, they have this stamina to just like get through stuff and some of the minutia. They're amazing. And the, the people with respect and recognition, they're the ones that typically will make your team feel like a family. And feel connected. They will. They will drive the connectivity. And you, and you need that. You absolutely need that. Otherwise, you, um, your team members can feel used. And we never want that. No, that's not a good. Not a good result. Okay, so we got straightforward and direct. We got respect and recognition. But at the same time, respect those that need respect and recognition, they can overextend their that need for respect and recognition, and it can be a, a deep seated need for approval. And so they may not voice their opinions because they need to make sure that they have your approval, that they have your respect. And, and you know, I think as, as team leads and if you're leading a team to sort of recognize like who you have on your team, because like these are, these are the kind of people that have great answers, but if you don't draw it out of them, they're just going to stay in the, you know, sort of backstage and, you know, won't come into the limelight. So I think as leaders, the challenge is, is how do you draw out the greatness and the goal that's on the inside of these people? So a pro tip is after everyone gives, if you're in a team meeting or a family meeting um, or just with friends, after everyone gives their thoughts or their ideas or their opinions, you pause a little bit and rather than going immediately on to the next thing, you stop and you think, okay, who has not responded? Who has not given their opinion? And you ask them, what do you think? What is your opinion? And it will, you will be amazed at the insight and the wisdom that will come when you pause and give them the opportunity to speak. Great pro tip. Okay, so let's, let's move on to the next one. Another one that we've seen is this need for change in variety, right? It's like you probably have team members that, you know, they have their hands in multiple projects and they like this fast paced environment. They're always connecting with, with new people. And, you know, I, I think they always need this freedom to like explore new possibilities. Right. They tend to be very open. And they're the kind of people, Lisa, on our team that like, we're gonna know what happened like last night, we're gonna know what happened over the weekend. They're just gonna be open and very transparent. So I think the challenge is like with this, with this type of person, with this need is that like, when you overextend it, they tend to get bored easily, right? They don't follow through really easily. And you, that's something that you have to slow down and say, wait a minute, where are we at with this particular project? 
and make sure that those people that have a high need for change in variety, you, we need them because they are quick paced. They will get things done, but they don't necessarily always like the detail. They may, they may think they like the detail, but they may not necessarily always like the detail and coming back around and saying, where are we at? Let's follow through, which brings us to the fourth who loves the details and loves the accuracy, the fourth driver, the fourth motivation, the fourth type of person. And as you can see, we need all four of these because a well-oiled machine has forward and directness, has respect and recognition, has change in variety, and has details and accuracy. Yeah, I mean, these people, they, they tend to have this big driver of certainty. And you know what's interesting, Lisa, is that all of us have like all four drivers at different times, right? They're just four core needs, sort of four reasons why anybody does anything, either, you know, the ability to want significance, the respect, you know, that the change in variety or the certainty, right? They sort of become four drivers. And I think the whole key that we're trying to just talk about is that, yes, recognizing your team, recognize, you know, how you can modulate your behavior working with your team, but also realize like in yourself, you have those four drivers. Some, sometimes one is greater than the other. People typically have like one core driver. Like I would say my core driver is probably this change in variety. Well, so your core driver is change in variety, but you're also almost just as strong as being with forward and direct. Right. So when you're not, you know, possessing this change in variety driver, you typically possess the forward and direct driver, which interestingly enough is exactly opposite for me. I typically will um, possess the respect and recognition driver, but when I don't have that or just as often, I will be details and accuracy. So we are at complete opposite ends of the spectrum, which makes us incredibly powerful when we work together and also incredibly, incredibly explosive. Wouldn't you like to see what goes on behind closed doors? Yes, it is. <laughs> our problems yes. here. Yes. It is, right? And so... So we know what we're talking about. <laughs> but I think, you know, uh, sort of the key thing is that the, the meaning that people give to things is never found in words, right? We, we just gave you four drivers, four words, four core needs, but it's always found in the people themselves. And it's almost like you, we have to make sure that we attach the right meaning to things so that we don't go into our own drama. And I think that's the whole key, that people might go into drama, right? They, they just might, I can't control other people, but I gotta control me, I've gotta own me, I've gotta make sure that I don't fall into this drama and I think like when you clarify drivers you're actually like helping clarify meaning to people it's like I know that when you don't get respect and recognition that that can become a trigger for you and I know that if things don't move quickly enough that that is a trigger for Dennis right and so I think I think the challenge is that sometimes people are so consumed with their needs that they become blind to their behaviors and, and how their behaviors impact other people. And I think that's the tragedy. And that's where people go into drama. They're so consumed with just getting their needs met. So what we've realized is that when people go into drama, a key, a key, a key, a key question we like to ask is, hey, what need are they trying to get met? And almost like when you're dealing with people maybe that are in high drama, is you can ask them, hey, what do you need? Not that you go codependent and we're not asking you to 
feel like you have to meet everybody's needs. But many times, if I can just clarify my own need to myself, my brain goes to work on how to figure it out. Another way you can phrase this question is, what can I do for you right now? That's great. Because you can always do something. You can, I can always do something. And, and what, what those questions do, what do you need right now? Or what can I do for you right now? So if Dennis is in drama or Dennis is, you know, struggling, <laughs> if Dennis is in drama or Dennis is struggling, I can ask him, what do you need right now? Or I can ask him, what can I do for you right now? And what that does is it poses a question and questions have to be answered. And you don't say anything else. You just keep your mouth shut and you pose the question and then allow them to process through and figure out what do I need right now? What can you do for me right now? Oh, yeah, wait a minute. I'm kind of going into drama right now. And it's just a very calm. It's not what do you need? It's what do you need right now? And your tone of voice and your body language is super important you to keep your body open rather than in a defensive stance and also your voice inflections just the self-awareness is huge and others awareness is also huge absolutely i mean i mean it's almost like i mean that question just redirects their thinking you know we need to do some more podcasts on this this has been this is this, really good yeah this, this has is been, really good this your your team think about your family think about your groups that you're in what behavior styles are those people what behavior styles are in your team now another pro tip if you are looking at hiring and you're maybe a small business or you just have a few people on your team and you're looking at adding a couple more people to your team look to see who you already have on your team and don't hire somebody that's like them because they may seem, if they are quick change and you are quick change, you're like, yeah, they're just like me and we can work great together. But if you don't have anybody that has a details and accuracy mindset, um, you're going to drop things and you'll miss things. Or the other way around. You're going to go to the slow boat to, slow boat to China and you're never going to get there. Yeah, so at least, I mean, we need each other. So let's get the question of the week. So, so the question of the week is, what's the one thing you can do to change your approach? Right. I, I'm sure as you've listened to us just chat, you you sort of recognize yourself. Yeah, this is me. OK, so but what's one thing you can do to change your approach? Maybe you need to slow it down and work on details a little bit better. Maybe you need to work on being more accurate. Maybe you need to be a little more direct. Maybe you need to just sit back and think about who's on your team and recognize what those drivers are that that you already have in your group yeah and so we want to encourage you get your needs met in a healthy way don't go to your team and try to get the needs met to get your needs met first in a healthy way before you go out to your team before you go out to your customers before you go out into the world don't be so focused on your needs because you can get blind to your behavior so lisa let's talk about the five-day challenge Oh, this is amazing. Five-day challenge, you're going to love it. Yeah, so we would love for you to go to www.dramafreeresults. That's dramafreeresults.com. And what we created was what we call the five-day focus leaders challenge to really help you get out of overwhelm and get your focus back. And so what it is, is it's five days 
with a quick five tips, a tip each day on how do you deal with your to-do list? Um, what do you do to increase your progress? What do you do to get out of the clutter? How do you get out of the overwhelm? So it's five pro tips, a tip a day, and it's just something that Lisa and I created for you as a, as a gift. And these are super short. I think they're 90 seconds maybe or less or, or less and it's just super practical one thing a day hey okay today do this and if you do that today your day is going to be better and then the second day is okay you did that now let's look at this one tip 90 seconds and it's it's not super hard it's not super challenging but it just makes you think okay how can I focus? This is a simple thing to help kind of get me out of the weeds. Yeah, and so you're gonna get the simple steps to get fast clarity. You're gonna get out of overwhelm and just go to dramafreeresults.com and you can sign up for it today. It's our free gift to you. Thank you for being uh, a part of the Drama Free Living family. And we would love it if you would write us a review for our podcast. Oh my gosh. That would help Leave us a review. That would be awesome. And it, it would be nice if it was like a great review. Just, you know, just, you know, transparent. You're right. But tell the truth, okay? No matter what, always tell the truth. Hey, listen, we're going to see you next time on the Drama Free Living Podcast. Thanks. Bye-bye.